Good morning and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. It's a Thursday morning in early June and uh, man, this is going to be tough because tonight is my first overnight at the um, nursing home. So we'll have to see how that goes. I mean, I want to stick with this job long term, you know, and hey, my wife works. Um, she She's a teacher. So if you wipe out the summer months, um, she generally works. Um, she leaves here just before eight o'clock and gets home at 430. So if those are my sleeping hours, this actually helps, you know, um, quality time between me and my wife because I'm a morning person. And she's a night person. Well, my morning will be her night, you know, as funny as that sounds. Um, So I go to work at 11. I get off at 7.30 and I work right around the corner, you know. So um, what we're looking at there is, uh, you know, I can be asleep by 9 o'clock. You know how you're a little wired after work? You might not get to sleep right away. I usually take like half a Benadryl anyway. Um, sleeping through the day is going to be a challenge for me because it's light outside. But the summer's not bad at all because it stays late until like 9 o'clock and I get to watch the baseball game. So even on a work night, this is why I didn't do second shift because I can't not watch baseball. And that was the number one reason I didn't do second shift. Um, but even on a work night, um, this is not bad because um, I get up at 5 o'clock have my coffee, you know, feeling pretty good by six o'clock, watch a show with my wife, you know, seven o'clock rolls around and I throw the baseball game on. So you get baseball till 10 o'clock and I'm always watching the Pirates, checking all the games, checking the minor leagues, doing all the stuff, you know what I mean? So by the time that ends, 1030 at the latest, I'm getting ready for work, you know, so I get to watch the baseball game. And then at work, I can sort of look at all the box scores and see how the teams did, you know. I can check my fantasy teams. I can check my eBay stuff, the coins that I'm selling. I mean, it's going to be plenty of entertainment, you know. How'd the stock market do? You know, how did the metals do? Um, How did crypto do, you know. Um, Just things like that. And then I can check, like, the stories. I don't always do this because I don't read the news much anymore. 2020 just wiped me out, you know what I mean. Remember, the election was also in 2020. 2020 was just fucking insane, you know? It was plenty of news for me for the rest of my life. So after that, really after January 6th insurrection, and then after the um, uh, Biden got in, I haven't watched the news since, you know, very little. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to see Dr. Oz <laughs> become, you know, part of our political climate here in Pennsylvania. It's not going to help the teachers, you know, which my wife is. It's not going to help marijuana legalization. He's against that. And I don't even smoke weed, you know. But, I mean, it's just good for the state, you know. It's, I mean, it's money that you can use on schools and police and roads and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, I don't agree with the guy on anything. I mean, the guy's just a quack. He's a TV doctor. Um, who didn't even really believe in the coronavirus. And, you know, it's just more of the same, you know. It's better than have Donald Trump president, which I don't think Donald Trump will become president. I was thinking about it. Georgia might flip back. Arizona is going to be blue. You know, Pennsylvania is going to be blue because Philadelphia keeps growing at a faster pace 
than the rest of the state. And um, Michigan is going to be blue, and that's all they need. So it's not like you need any of those other states like Georgia or North Carolina or Wisconsin, you know. So, I mean, I think the president, for the time being, is going to remain in Democratic hands unless you get a really bad candidate, like like a really unpopular candidate. I'm not going to say she's bad, but an unpopular candidate would be um, uh, the vice president right now, you know. I just don't think that she's popular enough to win, probably even against like an unpopular guy like Donald Trump, you know. So the Democrats, I don't think, will you know, most vice presidents don't become presidents. And I think the Democrats are smart enough to know that eh, she's probably a good like secretary of defense or something like that. But she's probably and it's not because she's a female. It's just because she's very unpopular. She's probably not going to become president, you know, and I don't see any super duper popular female politicians right now. So we're probably stuck with male presidents for a little longer. Um but anyways, that is the news, and it's not that interesting, if you noticed. Uh, as far as baseball goes, I mean, these last couple games against Detroit were kind of what you would expect, you know. Um, in the previous 10 games, you know, things were just out of whack, you know. The Pirates were winning a lot of games. They were getting hits from rookies and stuff like that. But the last couple games are a little bit more what you would expect, the pitching was very decent on the Pirates' end, although they were going against the Tigers, who haven't hit anybody this year. Javi Baez is just a disaster. You know, he's a train wreck. Um, and the Tigers just don't have that many good hitters, at least so far this year. Um, they keep running Torkelson out there. He's batting under 200. Um, so it is what it is, you know. And the Pirates have too many rookies in their lineup to ever be a winner. And this is what I think the Pirates probably are. By the way, I'm extremely disappointed with Bradenton and Greensboro this year. I was just talking about that with a buddy of mine. Um, there are good prospects in um, Altoona and Indy. There's no question about it. But the real young guys, you know, the guys that, um, that Ben Sherrington drafted really aren't doing anything. I mean, most of the guys that are doing well are guys that were drafted by the last regime. And it just looks like this Ben Sherrington thing is going to be a train wreck, you know. Um, and I think it is what it is. Like, I don't think they're actually building a team. I think we're just bringing in waves of new guys every year. And you're never going to win more than 70 games. I mean, this year, you're probably going to win between 60 and 70. So, I mean, I'm still on the lower end of that spectrum. The over-under in Vegas was 62 and a half. But I think that they'll probably win more than the 58 games that I projected, even though um, September looks brutal and they could easily win like five games in the entire month of September, especially if they trade Bednar. Um, but I'm still thinking, um, you know, the lower end of 60, but maybe 58 was a little low. Um, I don't know. We're just going to have to see how it plays out, you know. I do know that this road trip is going to be tough because the Braves are hot right now, and there's not many soft spots in that lineup. And they have a lot of superstar-type hitters, and they're heating up now. And they have a really good starting pitching staff, and they have a lights-out um, bullpen. So they're pretty tough to beat right now. They got off to a slow start, which the Braves usually do. They always do. Even in the 90s, the Braves, they always got off to slow starts and they were never concerned about it. And they were always right 
not to be concerned about it, you know? The Pirates' start has just been wacky because they shouldn't have this many wins. They should have 20 wins instead of 20-24 wins based on their statistics. Bottom six in ERA and um, next to last or or next next to last in runs scored. They're right there with the Oakland A's, but they're still ahead of the Tigers, you know? So they shouldn't have this many wins. They do. And we know why. It's because they've won close games because their bullpen has been, um, you know, better than expected. But the bullpen's also been overused, you know, especially in the last couple days. Um, the pitchers didn't go very deep into games. So, and we don't have a day off. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to bring up some relievers for this series. There's a double header in this series, um, in this next series. I mean, you wouldn't think that this is going to be pretty. But, hey, I've gotten away from, like I said, it's like predicting the stock market. You can't predict short-term moves. You can only predict how things are going to go in the long term. And even then, sports are very unpredictable, as is the stock market. So, I mean, life is unpredictable. Otherwise, it would be incredibly boring, you know? The reason we watch sports is because you never know what's going to happen, you know? I mean, the Dodgers always are the best team on paper, but the only team they've the only time they've actually won a championship in the last 30 years was in the COVID season, um, which almost everybody says just throw that season out, you know. And I think the Dodgers were the best team in that COVID year, but it's almost like there's an asterisk next to that World Series. So especially in baseball, you never know who's going to win. Um, the Braves weren't particularly good at all last. Anyways, I just got a phone call from Chewy and told them that I wasn't coming back, that I'm going to do this uh, St. Mary's Villa job. But the Braves weren't particularly good at all last year until the trade deadline. And they had lost a couple really good players, including maybe their best player in um, a junior who is back and he's batting 300. So this Braves series is going to be really tough. You know, Um, they still have a great bullpen. They still have a good starting pitching staff. And they still have just a crushing lineup that's been hot, you know. So I don't know what's going to happen, you know. And then the Cardinals are always tough in St. Louis for Pittsburgh. Um, We don't win there very often. But again, you know, who knows what's going to happen on this road trip. Um, I just know that it's pretty tough from now until the All-Star break. So let's just revisit things there, you know, rather than say that, you know, they're off their let, rather than look at their winning percentage now, you know, because we're going to have to wait and see how these rookies hold up. We're going to have to wait and see if there's any injuries to the pitching. And we're also going to have to see how the um, bullpen holds up to this heavy usage as compared to the rest of the league with all this piggybacking stuff, you know, and starters only going five innings. So there you have it, you know, that's how I feel about that. As far as the plan as a whole, I'm not that crazy about. Like I said, these young 19-year-olds that you were hoping would take a step forward have mostly taken a step back. And the guys that actually are decent, like I said, have been here even before the Charrington regime. Guys like Jiwon Bay, um, guys like... Now, Sawinski, we got in a trade, you know, but guys like Cal Mitchell came over before this regime. Um, Rowanzi, we got in a trade... Um, which was early on in the Charrington regime. It's like half and half, you know. But the big concern is that Bradenton and Greensboro are awful, you know, and there's no prospects to look at there. Now, granted, um, 
Andy Rodriguez is there. You know, he's still a prospect. And Michael Escato is still a decent fielding shortstop, but he's not hitting at all. You know, and there's a couple other young guys that we were hopeful that they would hit that aren't hitting at all. Hudson Head, you know, he doesn't look like he's going to become anything, you know. And there's really not that many hitters hitting over 300 anywhere in the system, you know. Uh, even Lyover Paguero, has, who's been in a slump, has recently gone back into the 290s. But there's a lot of guys that are batting like 270 and 280 that were like, oh, let's give these guys a chance, you know. And one of those guys is actually Jiwon Bay. Um, he's gotten awfully close to 300 this year. So I figure we do a little bit of a dive into Jiwon Bay before we head out west. Um, he's almost 23 years old. So it's not out of the realm of possibility as saying, all right, let's give this guy a chance, you know. Unfortunately, it's crazy that he's another left-hander. He's another left-handed hitter, you know. And there's so many of those in these guys that we're bringing up. It's so heavily left-handed, which is why, yeah, if some of these guys are okay, they're probably going to have to trade some of these guys at some point, you know. And Bay is probably would be a nice guy to package up in a trade if they wanted to trade him along with Laiova Paguero or somebody like that for um, an established guy, you know, like an established home run hitter or an established shortstop, you know, really good fielding shortstop or something like that, you know. I don't know that they're going to do that because packaging guys up to trade for an established guy means that you're going to have to pay somebody. But um, Jiwon Bay last year had 372 plate appearances. That's a kind of a concern is that he's never had 400 plate appearances. You know, so he's always been a little bit um, injury prone. But he's already got 200 this year, so that's not bad. Uh, in 2019, let's go do Greensboro first. In 2019 in Greensboro, which was his first real year, um, he had five triples, 25 doubles, and zero home runs in Greensboro. So that's where you're thinking like, oh, man, this guy has no power at all. But then that's also when you got to consider, hey, the guy's 19 years old. He's a skinny kid. You know, power might develop later. Which, with Jiwon Bay, we found out that's what happened, you know. He was a 323 hitter in Greensboro. He had an 833 ops. So for a 19-year-old, we were feeling pretty good about this kid. You know, unfortunately, he had some off-the-field issues around that time. But he was a kid, you know, so it is what it is, you know. And over the, over the pandemic, you know, he had some off-the-field issues. But last year, in 2021... He had the most, um, and most of this came in Altoona, uh, almost all of it. 372 plate appearances. He had 12 doubles, five triples, and his home runs went up to eight, which was much more respectable, you know? Not a lot of home runs. I don't think this guy's ever going to be a home run hitter, but there was some power there, you know? He batted 281, um, and he had a 782 ops, which was a little low, for a prospect, you know, if you're going to talk about someone that's going to come up to the major leagues, you better be slugging at least 830. But hey, it is what it is. You know, again, the guy was only 21 years old, but no one was getting super excited about him. But then he went to the Arizona Fall League um, and he had 100 plate appearances, which was a lot. And his ops was 723. So there it's like, oh my, you're almost in uh, major league territory. But you didn't blow the cover off, you know. 
So this year is probably the most, you know, impressed we've been because he's not 23 yet. He's had 204 plate appearances um, and he has 10 doubles, three triples and five home runs. So it's still not a lot. You know, he's batting 291, um, but his 830 ops is, is right where I pegged it, you know, where you should be at least if you're going to be a major league player. Now, we'd prefer that your ops be somewhere over 900 if you're going to be called up to the major leagues. But the Pirates are giving everybody a chance right now. Um, the guy's supposed to be a decent infielder, you know, and we need those, you know. And I don't know if this guy can play shortstop or not, um, but he has played shortstop in the past. I mean, and he's got less um, errors in the infield as guys like O'Neill Cruz or Lyover Paguero. So we'll probably see this guy at some point. And what they'll want to see is, is he a better le- hitter than Diego Castillo, who has been really not good at all hitting the ball in his first 125 at-bats. I mean, his ops of 569 and his slump that he's in right now is really bad, you know? So we don't know what we're looking at there. Uh, maybe this guy is better. I don't know if any of these guys are going to pan out on the hitting end. You know, I have questions about all of them. Um, Suwinski looks pretty good right now, you know, in his short stint because he's got some power. Um, Cal Mitchell probably isn't a major league player. Um, uh you don't know if Swaggerty will be a major league player or not, but he was a first-round talent, so he's going to get a lot of chances to do that. Um, you don't know if Marcano is going to hit enough to be a major league player. Smooth, I guess they're just trying to find out what's one of these guys is good enough to be a really good role player in the infield. Is it Jiwan Bay? Is it Marcano? Or is it Diego Castillo? Or is it somebody else, you know? And then they're hoping out of these other guys that they're either going to find a regular, like um, if Sawinski could possibly be a regular, you know, or if Swaggerty could potentially be a regular. Um, Cal Mitchell, is he going to be good enough to be a fifth outfielder? Uh, It doesn't appear so at this time with that arm, you know. Um, He probably already, you know, is not going to make it. But... You know, we're giving him a shot. We're giving all these guys shots, you know. Um, And so there's other guys that are coming up that are going to get shots because I think that's what Ben Charrington is trying to do, keep the payroll low and keep bringing in waves of prospects. Uh, Now, that might change um, once we get a salary floor because you're going to have to pay somebody. Um, But Charrington might be gone by then, you know. I don't know. Not really sure what the plan is there. There is no plan. They don't know. But it's not looking good for Ben Sherrington right now because um, the young guys that he's brought in are very, very disappointing this year in Bradenton and Greensboro. But, you know, that's why there's a lot relying on guys like Bubba Chandler, guys like Anthony Solomedo, guys like Lonnie White Jr., guys like Braylon Bishop. Those four guys, there's a lot riding on. And there's and you better hope that Henry Davis stays healthy more than he has if um you know if Ben Sherrington is gonna stick around, you know, or if they're ever gonna win seventy games, let alone eighty games, you know. I mean, there's some people that listen to this podcast that most people that listen to the podcast think that this team has a chance to to play five hundred at some point, or even better, you know, and win a wild card, you know. And there's a few guys out there 
that think this team might even win a World Series someday or a division title someday. Because I know Cody's listening and I know a lot of other guys are listening that, you know, you are very optimistic. And I am not as optimistic, but at least the NS9 guys are not optimistic either. You know, at least I'm not the only not optimistic podcast. Um, the, the most optimistic podcast is probably that one, that Bridge to Bucktober. And it's probably tied with um, the Pirates Fan Forum. And frankly, Locked On Pirates is pretty optimistic too. So the majority of the podcasts are optimistic. And I know when the Pirates pod to be named later comes out there, they're pretty optimistic. As well. They're like super optimistic, but they're like pretty much repeating like team stuff, you know? They cover the team. And I don't know, they tend to, they tend to focus more on what the team wants to happen, you know? So, you know, that's where the podcasts line up. Four of them are real positive. And then NS9 and myself are very critical, you know? And it's not like, I don't, th- I don't think either NS9 or myself go out to be critical, even though guys like Tyler and Jim in the NS9, they um, say that they're pessimistic pirate fans. I'm not a pessimistic guy, and I'm not a pirate fan. I'm just somebody covering this um, rebuild. And the only reason that I'm pessimistic is because I don't think things are looking good at all this year, you know? Um, The only thing that has looked good this year is the win-loss record 52 games in, you know? But I don't think that's going to hold, you know? I just don't. I really don't think that's going to hold over the course of 162 games. And again, even if it holds through August, that September schedule, take a look at it when you get a chance. It's just beyond brutal. And they may only win five or six games in the month of September. Um, But that's, my dog is snoring right into my face again. You know, I always have to move this guy. You know, these dogs are a pain in the butt. But hey, I'm really hoping that this overnight, that I make it through this overnight. I have no, no doubt that I'll make it. I don't want to gain weight either, you know? It's like people gain weight when they do this overnight shift, you know, because their eating schedule is all thrown off and they tend to eat bad, you know, like a lot of fast food and stuff like that. I'm not going down that road, man. I'm already on the top end of my um, scale. I'm about three or four pounds over where I was and I prefer to be at 199. And right now I'm at like 207, you know, and and that is just not excusable for me because I always want to remain in good shape, you know, and leaving Chewy, I'm just not getting the exercise that I was before. So you have all of that, you know what I mean? As far as the Pittsburgh Pirates go, uh, we haven't really looked into their minor leagues that often because, hey, it's been really boring this year, right? Um, the minor leagues other than Indianapolis and Altoona, has been like terribly boring. So let's just take a look at some of these guys, you know, that might be performing at least okay on the lower levels. First of all, I talked about Anthony Solomedo last week, and he's been performing okay. Um, Has anybody been hitting? I doubt it because Bradenton sucks this year as far as scoring runs go. Um, But let's just go over a couple guys, that names that you might recognize on Bradenton. Um, Jarvis, I have no idea who that is, but he's not hitting. Nadal, he sounds like a tennis player. I don't know who he is, but he's batting 189 with a 501 ops, you know. Campagna, he's batting 184 with a 527 ops. 
Hendry is the catcher. We don't know him, and we don't have to know him. You know, he's got a 640 ops. They got another guy, Basabi, who's got a 399 ops, which is insanely low. There's a guy named Romero who's got a 459 ops. So there's not one player in this lineup that is somewhat... In, there's no reason to even look at Bradenton right now. Not one player, you know? If you went down to their bench... Um, they don't even list anybody here that's any decent, you know? So, I mean, Bradenton is just a nightmare right now, at least until those guys are called up that I mentioned. And Greensboro ain't much better, man. They have 22 wins and 30 losses. Um, at least you hope that there's a couple guys in the lineup in Greensboro that you might be somewhat interested in. There's a guy named Vajardo who's been doing okay. You know, he's got that 830 ops. But I've looked at him. He's already 23 years old, you know, Dominican guy. Um, in 98 plate appearances, he's batting 316 with three homers and 10 stolen bases. So the speed's a little bit better than the power. But three home runs in Greensboro in 100 at-bats is not as great as three home runs other places. Um, Hudson Head has always been disappointing. He's batting 241 with a 17 ops, and he's getting older every year, you know. Um, Jacob Gonzalez is a guy that continues to hit, you know, but until we see him in Altoona, which I think is coming up soon because we really need first baseman in this system. Um, until we see him in Altoona, we won't know for sure, but this guy has been like the saving grace as far as the system. You know, if you look at his career stats, he's a 265 hitter with a 736 ops. But if you look at his stats overall this year, they're through the roof, you know, 369 average, nine home runs and an ops of 1046, which is kind of what we were talking about last year with Matt Frazier and Nick Gonzalez, you know, so he would be considered a prospect. Andy Rodriguez has been really disappointing this year. He's only batting 251 with a 769 ops and then nobody else other than, like I said, Michael Escato, but his average has actually gone down. He's got a 164 average with a 570 ops, you know, not good at all. So it's been very disappointing. Like these guys that um, we've brought in in the 2020 and 2021 draft have been either you haven't seen them or they've been disappointing. The 2019 draft has been really good, but that is not a, um, a draft of Ben Sherrington. So we, we have no idea if this guy's going to be able to draft any better than the last couple guys, but it surely doesn't appear so. Even though we were really excited about last year's draft because we thought we got something in Henry Davis and got a bunch of other guys. Well, Henry Davis has been hurt almost his entire time since the draft, and it's coming up on a year now, you know? So that is not good. And we haven't seen those other guys other than Solomedo, who's looked good. Um, it seems like those other guys are probably hurt, you know, and that's three out of the five top guy act four out of the five top guys are hurt, you know, so that's not good. You know, we'll have to see what happens with all of these guys and the Ben Sherrington draft. But as of right now, at least in my opinion, Ben Sherrington is not bringing a winner to town. And at least in NS9's opinion, you know, it's not looking good. You know, even though they say, they still say when this team is going to be good. 
but they're also quick to point out that this might be a constant rebuild and just waves of prospects, you know, and that's what it looks like to me. But I don't care, man. That's what I think. You don't have to think that because I try to bring you the news, whether it's good or bad. And the news out of the major leagues was pretty good yesterday. Even though they lost, we got another home run from um, from uh, the outfielder, the corner outfielder, Jack Sawinski, you know, Captain Jack. So at least that's looking good. And the pitching looked really good. But we're going to have to see how it does against Atlanta, really. We're going to get to see four starting pitchers against Atlanta. Um four of our main starting pitchers, and we're going to have to see how they hold up. So that's it. Enjoy the the road trip. Enjoy the game tonight. Um, And I will check in with you after I do my first overnight. Peace out.